Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, as usual. With me on the line is a guy I've been trying to get for a little while, and it's amazing in the middle of the race season he found some time for us, so let's all be grateful. And that's none other than the Rockstar Suzuki team manager, Dave Gowan. Dave, Ga- Dave, what's up? Not much. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Um, hey, no problem at all. I don't know how you... Uh, now, we're doing this uh, Wednesday before uh, A2. Not sure when we're going to get it up, but uh, it's amazing you got some time. <laughs> you're, you're in the full swing of things, huh? Yes, we are. Obviously, you know we're, you know we're, you know we're doing. I think, in my opinion, we're doing, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're still chasing, you know, chasing to be on the box. Uh, we're working hard every day as a team to try and try and get there. We've had some, you know, we've had some, you know, some decent finishes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're just working hard to try and get there. Yeah, um, let's talk about your riders uh, right now, uh, Jason Anderson. Last year, rough go for him. Rookie year, he got the Horizon Ward at Loretta's. Um, rough year. This year, though, looks like a different guy. Um, he's attacking. He's moving forward. He probably got robbed of a podium spot in uh, Oakland, I would say, and just looks like a different kid. You agree? Or what? And what'd you do to uh, to help him out? Well, you know, I, I agree. I agree. Jason's in a different uh, a different frame of mind. I think the biggest thing that uh, the team has done is we we came together more as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, we after the outdoors last year, I sat down with Bobby uh, Hewitt and uh, you know we discussed you know where were some of our shortcomings, uh, where you know where could we improve, and what don't we have? Mm-hmm. And what we didn't have is a lot of team continuity. Um, we at that point. Um, uh, talked to uh, Randy Lawrence, who was looking after Jason, and came up with a concept whereby he would look after all of our riders, not from just a nutrition standpoint, but mm-hmm. uh, from a training standpoint, a riding standpoint. And we all work together as a team. It is uh, absolutely a complete team unit now where they ride, test, train all together. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where we start to see um, start to see our improvement. So... You know, we, we're working hard in the shop to, uh, you know, build a better bike. I mean, obviously, when you're competing against, you know, guys like Mitch Payton, who, you know, obviously have a have a great package and, you know, and obviously have won many championships and guys like Geico that seem to have a never-ending budget that are able to, you know, stretch their wings and, and, and come up with good talent and great motorcycles. I mean, we, we've had to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of bit us a little bit in, 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 in A1 and, and obviously in Phoenix. But, you know, when you're, when you're chasing those guys, you need to make sure that your stuff is the best. And, you know, we're just, we're just pushing hard to get there. Yeah, you started middle of Supercross last year. Was that about? No, I 
I started right after uh, Las Vegas. Oh, okay, yeah. And, so, um, okay, so you've only been there, you know, a, uh, not even a full season yet. Correct. I mean, I've only done. I only did the outdoors, and then you know we had to regroup and then get ready for Supercross. Right. Uh, and and it's no secret that uh, you're uh, you're good friends with Mitch Payton, and we all know the success that he had over there. Yep. Uh, would it be fair to say that you're you're trying to model your team like that? I mean, just by you telling me that you want a team continuity and you want the guys going out together and testing together, that sounds something like the uh, the guy in the wheelchair does a lot. Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, Mitch is you know. Obviously, obviously, you look at the number ones on his door. Obviously, he's got a great system, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, I think that you know, some of the things that I'm, I'm I've tried to do within our organization is model yes some things off of Mitch Payton. Um, I've also tried to model some things that Mark Johnson had taught me along the way, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, it's a combination of both of those guys uh, is the way we're really trying to you know right. uh, set up the team for success. Um, yeah, and I think uh, so far it looks like uh, looks like it's working out. I know um, you know you're a hard worker, and you've definitely been around in the industry, so you know what you know what's up. Uh, when we talked to Anderson, somebody at Racer X, I think Wygant talked to Anderson last year and said, "Hey, how much does uh, Ian Treadle's injury affect you?" And, and Treadle was a guy, a top rider that you had last year that suffered a career-ending injury at Daytona, and looks like he's going to be okay, but his racing career is over. How much do you think that that affected? Obviously, you weren't with the team then, but how much do you think that affected Jason and his first year as a pro? Um, I think it affected him a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want. I don't think that it affected. I mean, I think it affected him a little bit. I think it was obviously in the back of his mind, but right. I think that you know Jason's transition. Um, you know, or the difficulty making his transition encompassed a multitude of different things. And I just don't think that, I think that that was just one of them. But I think that, you know, being being more prepared uh, this season, um, I think, you know, from a physical standpoint, mm-hmm. um, I think when he was a younger rider, you know, obviously he could, you know, play in the pits like most kids do, uh, run around, throw his leg over the bike, come race time and win races, and it came very easy to him. Right. You know, once he got there, you know, it was a little bit more difficult, and everybody was much faster, and the bikes were, you know, were much more um, competitive um, amongst each team. So, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have really an advantage uh, going into the to the um, pro class, and I think that that, that played on his mind uh, a lot more uh, than most, and I think that that's where he might not have had the season that he really was looking for mm-hmm. going into this season. Obviously, you know, we, we've made all those changes. Randy has done a superb job right. on his fitness. And I think that that's where, uh, we start to see, uh, a uh, vast improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, that's where it all starts. Right. Right there. Um, and, yeah. um, uh, I, I admire that you guys, um, at some, one point last year in the summer, Anderson was pulling off, crashing, not doing well, and and somebody, yourself, uh, Bobby Hewitt, the Anderson family, probably all in conjunction, said, "Okay, we're gonna hit the reset button, go home." <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. it's it was sort of unprecedented. It doesn't happen a lot. A lot of these kids don't get looked after maybe the way they should. Um, as far as like, hey, what's going on? Like, I admire that you guys just said, you know what, go home figure it out, we'll bring you back in a month or whatever it was. Um, talk about that decision, and obviously uh, I think it worked out pretty good. 
Yeah, I think it was a collective decision between, you know, myself, you know, Bobby and the family and along with Randy. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, you know, I didn't think that his fitness was at a level uh, where it needed to be at that point. Um, obviously, there was some issues and uh, I just didn't think that it was advantageous for myself or for, for the team uh, or for, for Jason, for that matter, mm-hmm. to just keep going out there and, you know, keep you know, pummeling his, <laughs> yeah, um, repeatedly into yeah, the, yeah, you know, like, yeah, you know, his ego or whatever it may yeah. be, you know, it just, I didn't think it was, you know, it was the right thing to do. And, you know, I've seen a lot of kids in, in my time, you know, with, with the experience that I, that mm-hmm. I've had over the years. And, you know, I felt, I, I knew that Jay, I, I believe in Jason. I believe that he has the speed. I know he has the talent, you know, it was just something that we had to just take a step back and go, hey, look it, you know, before the sand runs out of our hourglass, let's regroup, yeah. let's get going down the right path, let's start refocusing our energy, and, you know, collectively between, like I said, all the parties, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the parents, Randy and myself, we were able to, you know, start to rebuild an individual that we, we see that has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And um, we finished out the last, I think, four or five rounds of, of the outdoors, we did, um, you know, Jason started to rebuild confidence. And then as soon as the offseason came, you know, he's really put in the work to, mm-hmm. to, to, to sustain his position in, in the pro class. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like bringing up a, a, a plant or a vegetable or something, huh, Dave, where you're like, oh, oh, too much water, too much sunlight, stop, add some water or yeah. add some sun. <laughs> like, you just got to yeah. sort of, not everybody can be a James Stewart, you know? Well, that's exactly it. And I think all of these riders, I mean, obviously go through different transitions through their through their career. You know, they, they have different trainers and then they get rid of a trainer and then they switch to another trainer. And, you know, it just, you know, it all boils down to it takes a lot of work uh, and you have, and they have to have a lot of confidence. And uh, when they've got, you know, both of those things and they're in shape, usually mm-hmm. it's, you know, the sky's the limit. And um, and it's almost like breaking through. I mean, there's a certain barrier to which they have to break through that they know, right. you know, in themselves that they can do it. And once they break through that barrier, um, you know, they, mm-hmm. you, you start to see it, you know, happen more often than not that they land on the box. Yeah, and, and and like I said, it's to be admired the decision. It wasn't easy, but I think I think it worked out. Um, hey, let's uh, let's talk about Martin Davalos. Uh, what what a weird season he's having. He's whole shot. He's won heat races. He's won LCQs. He's led main events. He's been up there, and to be frank, he's got really nothing to show for it. I I can't think of another season or rider who had this kind of start to the year it's been weird huh yeah it is it's been you know it's been unexpected i mean you know obviously like i said we were trying to put our best foot forward uh at the beginning and you know it kind of it kind of it kind of bit us and uh you know which then led to you know well you know a little bit of doubt on our side and mm-hmm. then and then you know then he goes out and you know he's still very very competitive he runs up front uh, you know, he knows that he can do it. Um, you know, one mistake leads to two mistakes, which leads to three mistakes yeah. on the track. And, you know, he finds himself, you know, frustrated at the end of the moto. And, you know, that's just something, again, that I think that these guys have to work through. Um, it affects him. You know, he, he tries very, very hard. And uh, he works very, very hard. It's not a conditioning thing. It's just, you know, he doesn't... 
it's like you know it's like uh having a uh, uh a toolbox full of tools yeah. and you only need your 14 millimeter wrench you know he right. brought out right. every single tool <laughs> and all of a sudden you know during the race and it's like none of them are working right, it's, right. just pick up a 14 mil wrench it's gonna work you know good one and yeah. uh that's that's kind of where i think he's at and and um uh, I think Colleen Millsaps really whipped him into shape on the off season, so it's not a shape thing. I mm-hmm. think it's just, you know, I think, and he too is starting to work with Randy more often. And I think that Randy has the uncanny, uncanny ability to be able to break through that mental um, game come race time. And I think that, you know, hopefully this weekend and next weekend with, with uh, you know, working with Randy, then and that we're going to see some some different different outcome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, not going the way you want it, but at least, at least like I've been writing, you are getting uh, exposure, TV time. You're getting on the podium <laughs> uh, for whole yeah. shots or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for whatever that's worth, that's good. Right? I mean, but, yeah. You know, we all want to win races. You know, right, and, right. and I want to be, you know, and you know, Bobby and myself, we well, we want to be one of those teams. You know, we want to be one of those teams that people look at and go, man, you know, their mm-hmm. bikes are fast. They got a great program. You know, they're going to be somebody to reckon with. I don't necessarily know if this team ever had that in the past, right. although it had, you know, it had notoriety or it was, you know, the factory Suzuki team. Mm-hmm. But you know, we really have to show that we can deliver the goods, you know, uh, in the main event. And right. that's that's really my goal. Um, you know, I got a great motor builder um, in Jamie Ellis, you know, in-house. Um, you know, I got great sponsors. Um, I got great riders. I got a great trainer. Mm-hmm. You know, and my job is obviously to hire the right people and put the right people in place that I believe can, you know, really round out the program and get us the results that we need. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think I've done that. It's just, we just haven't, you know, the results don't show it, but, you know, I think we're coming. Right. I think you might have a sleeper on the East Coast in uh, Blake Wharton, who's been out of people's minds, out of sight, uh, after Supercross last year, rode for Geico Honda, had had bad shoulders while he was competing in the series. I think he got a podium or two, definitely run up front. He's won races before, dropped off the map, because that's what happens in a sport sometimes when you get injured. But uh, he's he's coming out east and uh, he's healthy, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're all all the riders are healthy, and I think that that was one of the it was one of the kind of the cool things in the off season was is that you know he really wasn't on anybody's radar, mm-hmm. and you know there was a rider that had won races, and maybe there was some skepticism because of the shoulders and everything like that. But you know uh, everything that he's shown at the racetrack, um, at the test track, I mean, you know he's flying, and um, you know with all of them you know, riding together. I mean, we know exactly where he is and, um, and he's going to be up there too. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, uh, they're, they're all going very fast. Um, Hey, let's talk about your bikes for a second. Obviously there's been some cutbacks with factory Suzuki, um, over the last couple of years, but, um, how much do they have input on your bikes? And, uh, from what I, I mean, it's almost the same bike as a couple of years ago when Austin Stroop, and made it look really good. Um, so how confident are you in your bikes? How much does Suzuki have to do with it? And uh, and how's the development going? Well, uh, Suzuki has obviously supported us with with, uh, with the bikes. Obviously, it's not quite like the support that we had last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to, you know, we took the motor program in-house this season. Um, you know, with everything that was going on with the Suzuki, you know, moving over to Yoshimura and mm-hmm. that, you know, we wanted to be a good partner and, and, and make sure that, 
you know, we weren't, you know, becoming a burden to them. Yoshimura, um, you know, really, you know, has stepped up and supported us uh, like they did last year and, and even has extended it, uh, their support into our amateur program. So we're very grateful uh, from that aspect. Um, uh, we, you know, with our motor program this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, we took it in-house. We, you know, you know, between friends that I had, uh, from my IndyCar days and relationships that Mark Johnson had at, mm-hmm. at, at different companies, you know, we were able to, you know, work with some of my old friends along with, you know, Ed Torrance had some friends at certain companies. Um, you know, obviously we had CP Pistons last year. We have CP Pistons this year, mm-hmm. and they've done an outstanding job for us. Um, and then there was a few other elements that, you know, we integrated uh, that I believe have really helped the performance of our motorcycle. And uh, like I said, you know, we, you know, when you're competing against Mitch, I mean, everybody knows that, you know, you know, his hobby, he puts in every single, <laughs> yeah. you know, he puts you know, everything into it. And, and so we've had to, too, and we've had to outside resource some, some things to try and, you know, be on that same cutting edge mm-hmm. as, as Mitch and, and the Geico team. So, right. um, and now KTM, obviously. So, you know, we've had to really do our due diligence. And, um, you know, as far as the chassis side goes, you know, Yoshimura has always had a good package for us. Um, I mean, uh, Showa has always had a good package for us, mm-hmm. you know, with the suspension. And those, you know, our chassis are really, really good. Uh, they turn well. Suspension is good. So, you know, I think I think we've, we've really stepped up our game this year uh, over last year from the package that we put underneath each rider. Oh, it's, yeah, it looks like it. Whole shot some races, so that's good. Um, yeah, yeah, they're fast. Uh, hey, what about yourself? Now, um, how long were you at Thor for? I was at Thor for three years. Three years. Uh, you were pretty much general manager. Yeah, general manager of Thor. So, um, yeah. uh, obviously, you've got a racing background that we'll touch on. But how do you like jumping back into the fire? I mean, when, when I heard you did the move, I mean, it's good. But also at Thor, there's like job security, and and you know, and you're probably not working as many hours at Thor, and it's a little less pressure. And here you are jumping back into the fire. Not that you haven't done it before, but how do you like it? And how's the move for you? It's it, it's got to be a little bit of a change. Yeah, it's a little bit of a change. I mean, you know, Thor was very good to me. I mean, uh, you know, Fred Fox and Lynn Severson. I mean, obviously looked after me. I mean. And uh, Hilton was a great ins- inspiration, uh, Greg Blackwell and, and Lou Lopez, and I really enjoyed working there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, I was, a, I was a racer at heart, and I just wanted to go back racing one more time. Um, you know, after, you know, after 2000 and winning with Doug Dubach in Canada and that kind of stuff, I mean, it's just hard to get that feeling back again. And, uh, you know, of winning and, and all mm-hmm. those, you know, moving pieces. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't like I had uh, I, or I have any more time on my hands uh, back then as I did now. I mean, we were doing, you know, showcases. I was doing right. different sales functions and that kind of stuff. So I was still traveling, which, you know, I've always enjoyed traveling. But there was just a little bit more mechanics to this than mm-hmm. what I was, you know, kind of what I was missing. And I just, you know, I just wanted to go back and do it one more time. I just wanted <laughs> to go back and, and you know, just, you know, compete at the highest level, Um uh, and and I just wanted to do it one more time, and you know I don't know where my you know where my future will lead. Um, you know you never know. I may end up back at Parts Unlimited. I I, I would want to hope that I 
you know, left on good terms. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy all the people there. Um, it's just that it's, you know, racing is that bug, you know, you get yeah. that passion and, and, you know, you know, I'm almost, you know, I'm almost turning 50. So, you know, I just wanted to do it one more time because this is a young man's sport and I just, I just wanted to do it one more time. Yeah. Um, and, and how's it, so are you happy with the move and, and it's going well for you and is this everything you wanted? Yeah. Yep. Yes, I'm, I'm really happy, you know. I mean, you know, every weekend I, I show up at the racetrack, I'm smiling. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of time. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. But, you know, I mean, just that excitement, you know, on Saturday night when, you know, the, the, the you, mm -hmm. you see like a guy like Jason Anderson, you know, your 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 team works so hard and then they're, they're, they're going through the pack and they're in second and they make those passes. I mean, it's just... It's 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 almost like you know making that big sale of gear or whatever. I mean, yeah. it's just that passion that you see, and it's like, it's like, ah, oh, it's just you know, this is what it's all about. This is what it's for. This is why I'm here, and and you know, you know, that's 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 why I do it. Yeah, and, and you know, definitely, that's one thing I miss. Uh, as you know, I was a mechanic for eleven years, and when that that thirty second board is up. And you're, you're, you know, you're gathering your stuff, and it's like you're it's just a drug. You're just so into it. You're so excited. Now, as a yeah. as a media guy, I don't, you know, I don't cheer for anyone. Now Tim Ferry's gone. You know, I mean, yeah. the great, the great Tim Ferry. Um, you know, I don't cheer for anybody. It's tough. I, I just want to see a good race and see everybody get healthy, and you know what I mean, and and, and all that. And yeah. I could totally see you know where you're coming like from. You stand on the line, you're like, man, did I, you know, did I yeah. chain you know, three more laps to go? Man, I wish they'd throw the flag right now. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's no. like that, that excitement is what I just wanted to get, you know, have one more time. And, right. and then, you know, and then, I, and then I'll transform my energy, you know, somewhere else, you know, down the line, you know, um, yeah. when, you know, when that time comes. Right. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Let's uh, let's cover your career. Let's um, um, born in Toronto area, Barry. Right, where were you born? Yeah, yeah, yep. Mississauga. Yep. Yeah, Mississauga. Um, and then uh, basically, uh, you were you were a mechanic for. Ross Patterson, 
Carl Valancourt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go on from there. Let's take the rest then of your I, trip. Then I leave. I leave Canada and I go to work for Mark Johnson at Team Green. Team Green guy. Yeah. As a field, yeah, field technician. Uh, I leave there and I go to IndyCar with Mark Johnson for the PPI Motorsports. Um, and I spend. Um, I spend uh, four years there with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to go and do NASCAR after that, but uh, there was some changes in, changes in the plan. Um, and at that point, Mark said, well, if you're ever going to do a race team, now would be the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in the, um, that's in the uh, beginning of uh, January of uh, 2000. And I go and see Mitch Payton. Uh, and tell him what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. and then get his uh, help and support. And then, uh, I, and it was actually on his recommendation that I hired Doug Dubuck. I go up to Canada to compete against the uh, for the Canadian National Championships with Doug. Um, we win the first year, which was you know yeah. super high for me. Yeah. Um, and then um, you know get hooked up with uh, Mike Air at Richmond Racing uh, in Kawasaki, and at that point. Um, Craig Martin is in, at uh, the helm um, uh, for the Arena Cross Series um, at Kawasaki. Yep. And uh, we do that with, with Darcy Lange, and uh, I manage that race team. And then um, win Craig some more. decides to leave. Yeah. Pardon me? You win there. You win a t- couple titles there yep. probably. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then um, – and then, uh, and then Craig Martin decides that he's going to venture out on his own, and I take over Craig's position at Kawasaki. A um, couple times in the pits uh, at Supercross, I meet uh, Jeff Fox, and um, there was yep. some interest in, in, in going to Thor, although I wasn't really looking at the time. And right. then uh, all of a sudden, um, uh, um, Hilton Didi tells me that there's a, a good possibility that I should uh, go down there and uh, make that transition to Thor, and now mm-hmm. I'm here at Rockstar Energy. Yeah, uh, 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 a, a very career, and from the trenches too. Really, from the trenches. Um, yeah, I think I've done everything other right. than media, Steve. <laughs> well, <laughs> Pulpomex <laughs> is hiring. If you want, if you want to, you know, we we don't pay much, but uh, we are Canadian, so you know, you have that going for you. Um, yeah, hey, yeah. obviously, you knew where this podcast was going to go at some point. And it's going. It's going to go there right now with uh, with Ross Patterson, um, my yeah. childhood hero. I bug you a lot. I've tried to stop asking you questions, um, mostly because you tell me stories that I don't want to hear about rollerball, like the the, yeah. uh, the, uh, the unflattering stories. But um, yeah. uh, he was. I mean, I build him up. Honestly, I built everybody who knows me is a, is listens to these shows. They know I build the guy up. But you worked with yeah. him, and yeah. was there a harder worker? Have you seen one? Without no, a there doubt. wasn't anybody that I've ever seen that's worked as hard as he did. I mean, you know, I used to, um, you know, my day would consist of um, uh, we would get up in the morning. I would uh, drive him to this uh, stairs in Medicine Hat. It was uh, it was either four or six flights of stairs that he would run up and down for 45 minutes. And mm-hmm. then I would, in the meantime, I would go load up the, the practice bike um, and then come back, pick him up. Uh, we would then go to the racetrack uh, for practicing. He would practice, uh, he would do at minimum three 45-minute motos because back then, Steve, remember, he had mm-hmm. to ride all three classes. Yeah, yeah. Six and, motos uh, a day, yeah. Yeah, so he would ride three 45-minute motos. Then we would go for lunch, 
Uh, lunch usually consisted of some, some kind of pasta. We used to go to this pasta place, and a large Caesar salad was his big deal. <laughs> and uh, then we would leave there. We would go get his boat and his jet skis, and he would make me uh, pull him up and down the river um, uh, for like 35 minutes in each toe. I mean, yeah. he would slalom ski back and forth, back and forth. And then finally I'd be begging him, like, is it my turn? Is it my turn? I mean, I'm tired yeah. of driving this boat. And uh, I'd go for 10 minutes, and then he'd hop back on again another 35 minutes, and then he would jet ski for balance for about an hour. Uh, by that time, you know, that pretty much burned up from lunchtime to, to dinner. Mm-hmm. And um, he would go, I'd drop him off uh, to the gym. He would go to the gym. I would go wash the bike, pick him up, go to dinner, and then I would go do the uh, – uh, then I'd have to do the maintenance on the practice bike while he sat in the hot tub. And right. that was a daily routine. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> a daily routine. Yeah, uh, it was it was unbelievable. How many titles did you win with him? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, it was there for when he was. It was everything. I don't remember for several reasons, but I don't remember <laughs> because it was, it was quite a long time right. ago, but... It just seemed like you know every time we went, you know, we we were going to places. He would win, and you know, arena cross titles or outdoor titles. Yeah. I can't remember how many they were. There was there was a lot. Yeah, and just uh, I mean, I tell the stories. Ross Maeda told me that when Marshall worked for him before you, Marshall would drop yep. him off five miles away from the suspension shop, and in his jeans and running shoes, he would run to the suspension shop and meet Marshall at, at Enzo Racing. People... Yep. Uh, well, he was like, you know, he was he was very frugal with his money, to say the least. And <laughs> I'll never forget him betting, betting people that he could do, like, you know, 200, 300 sit-ups in a sitting for a dinner. Right. Free dinner. <laughs> right. you, know, you know, Todd Townsend. I mean, you know, he bet him every night that he could do more sit-ups than he could just so that Todd would have to buy him dinner. Right. I mean, it was just crazy. Um, I mean, he was an animal. Yeah. Uh, and the guy, you know, like, you know, you got all these sports drinks and everything that right. everybody, you know, drinks now. You got all these special potions. The guy would drink a two-liter two liter of uh, Diet Pepsi, and you had to uh, fix it to half and a half of water. That was his drink in between motos. That was it, huh? Man. That was it. And, and six 30-minute motos uh, uh, back then the Canadian Nationals. Or I think you might have yeah. – I don't know if you did the switchover, but at some point they went to two classes, but – for many years, it was yeah. three three classes, uh, and Ross would yeah. go one 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 one, and yeah. and, yeah. and then he had success in the and then U.S. It'd be a race for the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it uh, it must have been uh, uh, crazy to work with that, and look back at these kids nowadays. Or I mean, you don't, you hate to be the old grouchy old guy who walked uphill both ways to school, but yeah, you know, the, the, you, you see these guys now, and they they, they do a a moto. In a day, they do you know, they do a couple twenty lappers, and that's the day for them, you know. Yeah, and you're like, but he just was so determined, you know, because uh, every every position was another dollar, and that's how we look at it. I mean, really, huh? You that's know, it? He yeah. Was, yeah, it was like he wanted the money. I mean, it was all about the the mighty dollar, and he was going to do it. And he didn't have friends, you know. Like, I mean, he 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 didn't have, you know, the competitors weren't his friends. I mean, he just did not, yeah. you know. He'd maybe be cordial to them, kinda. But you know, I mean, he just—you know—he just considered them victims. Right, right. I know. I at one time I spoke to him about it, and he said, "You know, it would be okay to lose once to a guy, Hoover or Valencourt or whoever. I could lose once," he told me. But if I start, if I lose again, now they're going to start thinking that they can beat me, and I can't have that. I can't have. Yeah. I can't lose to them two times in a row. Yeah. 
you know? And yeah. and it was almost yeah. like a gladiator mentality. I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, it was. That's exactly what it was like. Um, and you also, too, Valancourt, you won some titles. Or maybe, did you win titles with Valancourt? Those Cowies yeah. weren't very good, yeah. so I don't know if you won or not on them. But, uh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, we won We won a couple on those Hondas. I mean, you okay. know, Kawasaki, yeah. we were only with Kawasaki for one year, and, um, you know, we needed to figure them out, and I don't think we had the best year mm-hmm. uh, that season. He didn't transition well onto that bike, but... Um, you know, on his Hondas, we did. Carl, Carl he was good. Carl told me you probably got the team green job because you were calling down there so much, trying to figure out how to fix these things. <laughs> well, Jeff Chambers had to take me under my under his wing because you know we you you know there was a different way to do you know how to put cranks in and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and and uh, Jeff Chambers was pretty instrumental in in some of my education on how to how to put together um, uh, Kawasaki motors and yeah. that was. That was how I got. He was the one that introduced me to Mark Johnson, and that's how I ended up leaving Canada and coming to America. When you worked for Carl, was Ross still racing, or did he hang it up? Uh, Ross raced one year, one. and then okay. it was over. So he didn't really begrudge you that much because he was near the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was near the end at that point. Uh, I mean, with Ross and I, I think we were together. I want to say we were together maybe five years. I think we were together. And you know, the first three were real good. The last two, he was kind of getting tired and bored of it. And yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that's when, you know, that's when like, he just kind of decides that it's, yeah. I think it's almost over. Yeah. Right. Um, hey, IndyCar, what was that like? Talk yeah. about a different, I mean, uh, I want to say more affluent, um, a little more uppity the drivers are than the dirty old motocross racers that we know. Uh, what did you What did you do at IndyCar, and how did you like that? Um, well, I looked after all of their corporate hospitality okay. uh, for all of their sponsors, and I basically created a business within a business. Um, you know, the team would normally just pay for hospitality. Um, you know, it's set at X amount of dollars. But what I did was is that I came up with this concept, and I uh, I said to Mark, I said, you know, I think I can make a business out of this. I think we can sell our services to other sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, other teams, you know, what do you think about that, you know, to offset our costs? And right. Mark was like, yeah, I think if we can do that, that would be cool. And so we did. And um, it just so happened that uh, FedEx Corporation uh, came in and um, they wanted to duplicate exactly what we had going on. Mm-hmm. And so I got a service contract for them. Um, you know, we hired some more staff. It was became very profitable uh, and for the team. Uh, and then I just started dealing with all of the, you know, because Mark was the general manager of the team, mm-hmm. you know, we, we would look after, you know, some other the minor details, you know, and, and looked after all of the, you know, CEOs or presidents or whoever right. was going to be on site on a daily basis. And that was a really big education for me. Yeah, I mean, I you know, how the deals got put together. And, and uh, like I said, Mark really, you know, took me under his wing. I mean, if there was, you know, if I ever mentioned that there was a mentor in my life, it definitely was Mark Johnson. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, he just showed me the ropes. And it was it was really, really cool, although I wasn't as technically involved as I would have probably liked to have yeah. been. Um, uh, but, you know, from a sponsor standpoint and, and the, the deliverables that you have to for a sponsor and, you know, dealing with media groups and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. 
it was a real big education for me, and uh, it was just another side of business that I hadn't seen before, especially in motorsports. Yeah, for sure, and it gives you, it probably helps you to this day when you're dealing with sponsors like Rockstar or Suzuki or whatever, you know? Um, those are yeah, skills. I have a better understanding, yeah. you know, um, of what they want. Was that Cart or IRL at this point? Uh, it was... It, it was cart. It was, yeah. the, it was the first year they split. I get hired uh, in its IndyCar the next season because okay. uh, I was I kind of started halfway through the season, and then it ends up going to cart. Uh, oh uh, yeah, okay. Uh, that was how it was. Did you did you have much uh, interaction with the drivers at all? Did you get to see those guys? Who the drivers? Did you have much? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and you know they were you know they were all good. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. you know, I mean. You know, Robbie Gordon, although, you know, I mean, some people like him, some people hate him. I mean, Robbie Gordon was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, I, I drove his personal coach, and, and you know, we got along very, very well together, and I thought he was, uh, uh, you know, I, I, have, I had a lot of respect for him. You know, mm-hmm. Scott Pruitt, just the same. I yep. mean, he was he's a great guy, great family man. Um, um, you know, Jimmy Vassar, I mean, I, you know, he came yep. by the, the truck this weekend with Mark. I mean, they, oh, okay. they came by, or that you know, Orioles been to the races uh, a couple of times um, yeah. and hung out at our at our pit, and and um, you, know, you know they're all great guys. They just happen to be in a different form of racing, yeah. and um, you know it's they're I, I don't I don't see that they're uppity. I just see that they you know their decimal point is at a different position than what ours. Is. Yeah, yeah, exactly, huh? And uh, winning some arena cross titles uh, with with Richmond and Darcy Lange, another Canadian. That had been pretty cool. I mean, at, at one point, the series has kind of become uh, they split up there, and then it be, kind of became. Now it's kind of getting back. But back then, when you were winning the titles, it was a big deal, and it was a big series, and and it meant something. Um, um, so that had been pretty cool for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, arena cross. You know, it was great because we could do arena cross in the winter, and then obviously the right. Canadian Nationals in the summer, and so it was a perfect fit for us. That way, I can keep staff you know, on 12 mm-hmm. months of the year because we had racing activity and I had budget coming in for both series. So that was that was really, really cool. Um, and it was great for Darcy because eventually, you know, I ended up leaving Richmond and then Billy Whitley came came along and mm-hmm. took over the team and then won, uh, won a championship uh, with Darcy. And then Darcy uh, moves on to Mitch's team for a season, which was really cool yeah. and a great yeah. experience for Darcy. So... You know, I mean, you know, being Canadian, I thought that was great. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, other than Ross, he was probably one of the only, and you know, one of the only Canadians that really did that well. Although JSR came down and rode, yeah. Um, I think Darcy, Darcy's finishers were probably better than JSR's, but yeah. it was just cool to see it happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at Thor, um, what kind of stuff did you do at Thor? I mean, obviously they got the designers. So you're not designing yep. gear, but then they got the teams that you know Andy Gus Gustafson that works with teams. But are you overseeing all of that on a day to day basis? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Jim Gallagher was the lead designer there, and then I had a gentleman by the name of uh, Steve Benson, mm-hmm. uh, who was my uh, sales, who was in house sales for Thor. Yep. And you know, we oversaw you know sales programs. We oversaw you know we gave we helped to give direction. 
uh, to the uh, design department and Jim's group about, you know, what we're seeing, what we're dealing with in the marketplace, mm-hmm. you know, what price points are being, we're doing competitive landscaping, um, you know, we're trying to follow different advertising trends and what we need to appeal to, and basically just, you know, overseeing, um, you know, the daily operations. Obviously, you know, Parts Unlimited is, is, is you know, obviously the biggest parts distribution uh, person in the country. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of help and support from their sales side of things and their corporate uh, structure and purchasing. Um, but it was a combination of, of sales, um, looking after or overseeing the offices in, in the San Diego area and um, dealing with uh, employee issues uh, as they arose. Right. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I uh, again, it was another aspect um, I enjoyed working, uh, you know, there. I enjoyed working for the Fox family. Uh, have the utmost respect for all the girls that that uh, we worked with um, in Le Mans, and yeah. uh, everybody was a real um, was a real help to me while I was there. You know, I worked there for a year and a half, or just yeah. But I was a brand manager for FMF, and uh, yeah, the, the place uh, the place doesn't run without those women running it. No, it would collapse. No, you know, you get. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kathy Somerville, Beth Gross, all those girls. Yeah. I ask this question a lot uh, to my guests. Um, I'm always interested to hear this. What would you change in the sport? What do you want to see changed? What would you do if you could wave a magic wand and, and, uh, and fix something? I mean, uh, salaries, tracks, riders, teams, promoters. What, what, what would you like to see done, especially coming from a guy like you who's, you know, Done every side, uh, retail, marketing side, Thor, uh, IndyCar, which is a wholly different, the CEOs and different side of things. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a mechanic in the trenches. What would yeah. you like to see? I think, that the, I think the biggest thing is is that, um, uh, I mean, from a team, from the team t- standpoint, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, Get expo, you know, get exposure. Be able to. There's not many deliverables from a team standpoint uh, as far as additional advertising. Okay. And I think that there was, you know, I think that that would be kind of cool if there was a way that, you know, I don't know who it is, but you know, the way, you know, some way the industry, the organization could open up a, um, a way to you know, have teams and team sponsors right. be able to get more involved and, and get more exposure. That'd be one thing. The other thing that I think would be really, really cool for Supercross is, uh, is to be kind of like F1 where, you, you know, you can have um, uh, suites outside in tents, you know, okay. like they do, like hospitality areas, but like the sponsors can go in and, uh, you know, if they can't actually be inside the stadium, they can go and buy, um, you know, those those uh, suites like at, at uh, outside, you know, okay. the stadium and they're all tents and it's kind of like a paddock area, you know? Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't know anything about it. Um, never well, car racing. It's, it's kind of cool. There's some yep. tented areas where they can have hospitality and then I think that would help, you know, I think that'd be kind of cool to see. I mean, it would open it up to more, to more sponsors and getting more people involved. And I think that the, that's what, you know, we need to need to do. The television package, I think is exceptional this, mm-hmm. uh, this season. So I'm glad that that's good. Um, other than that, Steve, I don't, you know, I mean, I just want people to buy motorcycles and, and buy, <laughs> Keep buy going, aftermarket right. products because the more, the more that that happens, you know, the better it is for all of us. Yeah, good point. Even the media guys who cover this series. Um, are you talking to guys for 2013? Are you looking already? 
Are you uh, already in that process? Is it, is it has it already started? We're in uh, February today, first day. Uh, I'm in the planning stage right okay. now. Um, you know, I'm hoping to. You know, I, I want to try and get started sooner than not in the next thirty to forty-five days. Okay. would be really great for me. Wow, so um, yeah, it's already started. You know, so, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to try and get all of my ducks in a row early, mm-hmm. um, right. and if that's possible, that that would be great. That'd yeah. be great for us. And no plans for 450 for you guys. I know before you got there, you know Tommy Hahn ran one for a while, and and uh, there's been some different guys, but uh, no plans to go 450 racing. Uh, we're not sure yet, Steve. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, maybe by the end of the week, I would have a different. Oh. You know, yeah. right now I would say no, but by the end of the week, I might have a different answer. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe we'll do a part two. Um, well, great. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks, Dave, for taking the time. Oh, wait, before I let you go, give me your best yeah. Ross Patterson story. Your best one that we can tell on the air. Um, give me your best one. Um, well, I'll give you a good one. The guy goes okay. in for the guy goes in for uh, knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets two two new um, uh, knees put uh, put in, mm-hmm. uh, and he calls me. And he goes, "Hey, you coming to visit me? I'm hungry." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm on my way." And so, uh, anyways, I get to the hospital. He gets out. It's been like less than 24 hours. You know, his legs are still bandaged up. He gets dressed. We walk out of the the, the um, hospital. We go to Olive Garden to eat. Uh, apparently, the, the nurse comes in to check on him. He's gone. They have no idea. The whole hospital's looking for him. Have no idea where he's at. And, you know, we come in an hour later, and he and he's like, what do you mean? I was hungry. They're like, yeah, but, you know, we, we bring you food. And he's like, no, nah, this food sucks. So the whole hospital, security and everything, is looking for him. You know, they're about ready to call the police. You guys are eating uh, breadsticks and salad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's about, you know, that's about the cleanest one I can tell. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Well, Faith, thanks for taking the time for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck oh, this weekend you. at A2, and uh, always a good guy, and always have time for a good story. Dave Gowan, thank yeah. you for doing the podcast. All right. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.